Music has changed. I'm sure you're not shocked by this information. Yep, there's evil songs out there. Sexually explicit things have always been around, but they weren't really at the top and they weren't as obvious as they are today. There's some very, very overt ideas coming out and people aren't hiding what they love anymore, especially if it's evil. Music is no different. The Grammys are a recent example, of course. I'm not going to get into the filth of the world's producing these days. I'm not going to read the lyrics to that very aptly named song, Unholy. But recently I heard an amazing, honest song. This one's almost as honest as Taylor Swift's song, Antihero. When she said, I stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. Okay, yes, this song I'm going to talk about today is one of my least favorites, but that's why we have to talk about it. So Miley Cyrus, it's your turn. Hi, and welcome to Upstreamers Podcast, where I challenge moms to respond instead of react. Today, I am talking about music and how it can impact our hearts. And I know that we've talked about this before, but today I'm not going to chat about a, um, a more obscure artist. Today, I'm going to talk about one that is in the top five billboard charts and has been for weeks. And it is becoming somewhat of a movement among women. And so this particular song, Flowers, is hitting on something inside women, something that really unearths what's underneath all the feminism and all of the, what I think is a worldly mindset for women to have, even within marriage. Now, I know this woman is not married but married women are excited about this message. So we need to be on the lookout for how it might touch our hearts and how it might be impacting our behavior. Okay, Miley's got a new song. It's been in the top charts for a bit now. It's called Flowers. There's t-shirts being made about it. Women across the internet are just flocking to the internal messaging of this song and in the first verse she thinks back on an ended relationship saying how great things were until they weren't profound right and she almost cried but then she realized an amazing truth and here's where i'll quote the chorus i can buy myself flowers write my name in the sand talk to myself for hours say things you don't understand i can take myself dancing I can hold my own hand. Yeah, I can love me better than you can. Okay, it's a little victim-y, right? Victim rising songs. It's like Miley Cyrus is saying she's been wounded. Her heart's been trampled on even. She's the victim of a great relationship gone bad and this song is her ultimate epiphany, her rising up from the ashes moment. And wow, what a moment, right? Her aha moment is, I am self-sufficient. Wow, what a familiar perspective. That is such a common secular humanist perspective. It's a little victim-y, like I said, but it's pretty much the same idea that all of humanity has had 
for quite some time. I can do it all myself. I don't need anybody else. She can buy herself flowers. She can write her name in the sand, talk to herself, be understood, dance, hold her own hand, and basically just love herself the way that she needs. But not just replace this one other person, but she can do it better. She's had this realization that she's better off alone. All the romance she requires can be done with herself. So you're probably wondering why I even said this song was amazing. Yeah, I did say that. I do. I think this song is so telling. It has such insight and Miley has hit on a great truth. Number one, we are at the core most happy when we're completely validated. No wonder she prefers herself. Only a truly selfish person prefers themselves. We all prefer our own opinion, our own preferences. We want our spouse to agree with us, our kids to do things our way. In the flesh, it's all about us, isn't it? Miley is, if this really is about her, being honest about her condition and she's admitting, I'm a self-absorbed person. Others get in the way and they don't do it like I like. The deeper in a relationship you get, the more work it can be because they don't do things your way especially if you're not following Christ together. It's hard enough when the Holy Spirit's at the center of your life to say no to the flesh. But in a flesh-driven relationship, of course this is the reaction. You know, maybe I am better off alone. Truthfully, I have no idea how non-Christian couples make it more than a few years. Many don't, I guess. It's a wonder anyone has enough common grace to stay married without the Holy Spirit. Marriage is just hard. And Miley's not even talking about marriage here, of course, which leads me to the second truth. Number two, the world's version of love is shallow. And she hits on that, whether she means to or not. Flowers, long walks on the beach, dancing dates, holding hands, talking, being listened to. All this is so outside of love. Love can exist in fullness without any of these external circumstances. Love can happen in the hospital while you're holding your spouse's hand as they deal with cancer. Love can happen when you're laying in bed crying, dealing with a fight that seems like a cyclical thing that you're never going to stop fighting about, but you choose to forgive and let things go anyway. Love happens when you set aside your desires and you put your spouse or your children first. But in this song, love is all about the externals. Getting flowers is nice, sure. I mean, I got some flowers the other day. I love Gerber daisies the best. And I think dancing is fun. I'd love to be taken out dancing and talk for hours with a listening husband. I mean, what girl wouldn't enjoy those things? But is that love? Will I feel unloved if I don't get flowers on a date or that once a year holiday in February? Will I feel slighted if my husband doesn't fully understand me? Will you? These are shaky foundations for love to sit on. And God's word says what love is. He's clear. Miley's clear too. Her list of love has been given. The question is, which list do you have in your heart? Which list do we cling to in the midst of an argument? Which list of what love is do we think on and go over when our kids aren't cooperating? Or when we're tired? Or on our time of the month? Or when a situation goes differently than we planned? Man, love is hard by ourselves. 
being alone doesn't solve any of this stuff. In a culture that's obsessed with self-love, it's really no shocker that songs like this are coming out. And believe me, I picked the most articulate song in the top five. The others were nonsensical, and I'm just embarrassed to even call them music at all. Here's a sample of the next most understandable one. Quote, I might kill my ex, not a good idea. His girlfriend's next, how to get here. I might kill my ex, I still love him though, rather be in jail than alone. I did it all for love, I did it for, I did it all, no drugs, I did it all of this sober, I did it all for us, I did it all for love. That's a ballad by S-Z-A, and I'd like to say that it's an anomaly, but this is normal, ladies. Murder and love are being talked about together. The word love is so skewed in the world's eyes. Ladies, we must teach our kids what real love is. We must love our husbands with God's love in private and in front of them. But not with the love of the world, not with this shallow love. So how did she get here? That lady who has a murderous heart and calls it love? She allowed small shifts way back when her thoughts weren't right. So let's take every thought captive. When a small thought that's negative about our husbands or about our kids happens, let's stop those demonic thoughts right then and there. Call them evil because they are. Anything other than God's love and is just evil, and I want to develop such a taste for God's word that any other version of love tastes like throw up on my tongue. You know, it should make us gag, seriously. I was writing in my journal a couple weeks ago about my own internal battles to love people around me that aren't doing what I want, maybe don't understand me the way I think they should. And when people don't do what I like, yeah, they're harder to love because my love's conditional. I have a real hard time with unconditional love. Do you relate to that? What am I saying in that moment, though? That I'd rather have a Miley Cyrus idea of love, that I can just love myself better than that and I should be alone. I should just hold my own hand, talk to myself for hours. No, I'm just wishing other people would conform to all that I wish they would. But what's wrong with that? What's wrong with me saying I want everyone to just be like I want them to be? It'd be easy to get along, wouldn't it, if everyone conformed to our ideals? But that's not God being God. That's me being God. One of my good friends is always saying that our troubles are opportunities to ask God, what are you trying to teach me through this? And I think that's such a humble question. I spend too much time in the muck when I'm feeling wronged. But I'm realizing lately that I don't want to waste my time like that. I want to take every thought captive. The world is being clear through their music. What about us? They're willing to say exactly what love is that those who believe in self as God will continue to sing about their beliefs and act on whatever that looks like for them. But what about us? Are we being clear? Are we acting in a way that's congruent with our beliefs that God is love? You know, love isn't love. What do we offer the world? What do we offer our husbands, our kids? Our kids are going to be exposed to some version of this self-love ideal you know, that idea that we should be or deserve happiness. And then when our spouse doesn't want to listen or talk to us for hours or is incapable of understanding everything we say, what then? How will you teach your kids about love? If they have siblings, what a gift. You know, the sibling relationship is prep for marriage. Who else in their life do they have to share space with 
put ahead of themselves repeatedly, have to talk to, learn to understand who else wrongs them over and over and requires forgiveness. Siblings, they totally prepare our kids for marriage and we can help them by showing them how to be humble and put each other first. Do we need to figure out who wronged who or who started it? Who was to blame? No. But we do need to have our kids learn to forgive offense even when no one apologizes. Oh man, how prepared for marriage would you be if you learned that before you got married? How can we teach them when we require an apology from our husbands before we're willing to be physically close to him? I'm just saying. Not that you've ever had trouble with that. Love isn't love. Remember, God is love. He defines what love is. And we don't withhold intimacy from our husbands out of spite because we just don't feel like he's understanding us. The music industry industry is going to continue to try and tell us what love is because lyrics are powerful. And we must only allow words that glorify the truth of God's word to enter our minds. Does this mean you can only listen to Christian music? No, there are so many secular songs that point to truths. But much of what's coming out now, or at least what's most popular, is feeding us filth. Just remember that nothing is neutral. The lyrics will lean one way or the other. And let's pay attention to which way they lean. Not turn a deaf ear Get on your kids' devices. Know what they're listening to. We need to draw lines and listen to music with God's word in mind. And if you don't like the words, but you love the music, replace them with scripture. We cannot give the enemy an inch. Let's keep caring about our families, but let's not turn a blind eye. Stop. June, I told you to be quiet. Let's keep caring about what our culture's about. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we hate the culture. We want to add to the culture. We want to enrich our culture. And we need to pay attention to what's slipping into our midst. It's not even slipping anymore. It's just outright like being dumped in our face. You know what your kids are listening to? Do they listen to K-pop, for instance? If they've got a device, do you know what's on it? And do you check the history? Okay, I'm getting into too many other topics. That's another topic for another episode. And in the meantime, I just want you to remember that all of this matters. Sometimes it feels like we're nitpicky. Sometimes it feels like snooping or whatever. But just open up conversations with your kids and remember that every little word that goes into our mind cannot be taken out. So it matters. God says to fill our mind with the truth. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Words are powerful, and God knows it. So let's fill our minds with God's words and God's truths. They can come in many different forms. Some of them are in the form of music, but I can tell you they are not on the Billboard's top five. And if you like that tune, I can buy myself flowers, then it's time to find a scripture that will replace those lyrics. In the meantime... Keep swimming upstream.